Welcome to Lost in Menstruation, a podcast for women who want to find a better way to hormonal health. I'm your host, Gemma Barry, an ex-nurse, period activist, comedian and herbalist. You might think that's a strange combination, but I wouldn't be where I am without those skills, let me tell you. Be ready for health tips and banter, no filter talking, belly laughs, and most importantly, finding your map so you aren't lost in menstruation. This is the stuff you wish you'd known years ago, but it's never too late. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to another episode with Gem on the Lost in Menstruation podcast. I want to chat to you today about what it's like to get a diagnosis of endometriosis. Kind of rhymes, doesn't it? I can only talk about it from my world viewpoint in that I'm a woman who has endometriosis, adenomyosis, but this will apply to those of you who have other gynae conditions. I think there is a real issue within our society and in women's health as a whole. The problem being we're not listened to, we're not heard, and this is the like crux of the problem as to why we don't get a diagnosis so soon. And the awareness that is happening now and more people talking about it is a good thing because, you know, if you're struggling and you hear a story and you think, Christ, that sounds like me, this is going to like help you to maybe look it up, speak to the right people and start to get the ball rolling. However, we're in a bracket at the moment um, of this just happening. So what this means for future generations is that hopefully these things are going to be picked up a lot sooner and they're not going to be under the same stress and duress of getting a diagnosis that is my sort of blue sky thinking and hope for life going forwards at the moment within a pandemic health is being cancelled left right and center so women's health gynae health was already balancing on a knife's edge in the old world and now we are we're struggling even more because attention rightly so has been taken elsewhere but what does that mean for us sitting here struggling with periods right now it took me 10 years um, to get a diagnosis for my endometriosis and adenomyosis and That was thanks to having a cyst as well that was on my ovary. And I was also diagnosed with fibroids, which um, on the grand scheme of things is small fry compared to everything else that's going on in there. I had known instinctively that something wasn't right. Like there were signs, there were symptoms. Uh, I, you know, I didn't know any better. I couldn't put my finger on it. I was asking the right questions, but I wasn't being listened to and I certainly wasn't being heard. I'd 
expressed that sex was uncomfortable to my doctor. Nothing really came of that. I was obviously put on the pill from the get-go. I, you know, I struggled with very heavy periods, um, very painful periods, and I didn't always express that because I just thought it was the norm. I didn't have a relationship with my mum that was very open about talking about periods and things, and she had struggled as well, so her worldview was, this is kind of how it is, and I often get asked this question, um, people stumble across me, find me on the Tinterweb, maybe read my article that I had published um, on Mind Body Green, and I know I offer a beacon of hope <laughs> that when you're served something that feels a little bit life-changing, because it is, but also something that actually gives you a, oh my God, I'm not going mad moment. That's what my diagnosis did for me. It, it reassured me that I wasn't losing my marbles, actually, because I honestly felt like I was going a little bit mad um, because I just... It felt like I was living in a glass box and I was expressing things. I was saying things out of my mouth. I was saying them out loud. I was saying them to anyone who would listen and no one was listening and or people were just sort of waxing lyrical to me, smile and nodding. And I thought, my God, I, I, I must be, this must be just me. I must just need to crack on with it. I, you know, so you start to internalise a lot of stuff and... What is very interesting to me is during my long career in health, I can definitely see patterns in how certain diseases roll. And there definitely seems to be a pattern, certainly within women's health, but also within endometriosis and adenoimosis but I mean this is adenoid is even like lesser known and it, it tends to be grouped in it's a bit like eczema and asthma you know like those two conditions tend to get grouped in together because they both show up um, but I truly believe the systemic way women are treated prior to getting their diagnosis really sets the tone for how they are going to negotiate this journey <laughs> and this is really troublesome it's really troublesome and I've talked a little bit on social media and videos and stuff um, about medical gaslighting and it's not a term I use lightly but nonetheless, it is absolutely what is happening. I don't know if you're familiar with the term gaslighting. It's usually used within context of relationships, um, maybe love relationships or with a family member where the victim of the gaslighter, the gaslighty, if you like, 
is the person in the glass box saying, I think there's something the matter with me. There's something going on. I don't know what it is, but I don't feel right. Blah, la la. And the gaslighter is the person saying, you're fine. This is how it's meant to be. This is how periods are meant to be. They're meant to be awful. They're meant to be terrible. You're meant to have bad PMT. That is the story. This is the story arc we are served when we go and reach out to medicine. Not always, but 95% of the time. And this all stems from very deep-rooted shame and myth and misinformation and not talking about the subject matter in a, you know, just a normal, everyday way, okay? Anyone mentions anything about periods and people start to take a sharp intake of breath. And I forget that because I'm in a bubble Um, almost like an echo chamber I suppose of people who are very used to me talking like this or very supportive of the movement and so I can sometimes forget that actually we still have a long way to go and that this message still needs to be talked about but getting back to what it's like to be diagnosed there's this huge wave of relief to start with and then there is, well, it is a Pandora's box has been opened, quite literally. And what everybody does is um, turns to Dr. Google. Uh, I mean, even doctors turn to Dr. Dr. Google uh, when I've been sat in the surgery with them. But we all, we all lean to that. We all start Googling it, which is the worst thing you can do because... Frankly, you have to look through at least four pages before you're told you're not going to die of some horrific cancer. Um, And the breadth of knowledge out there is huge, absolutely huge. And the spectrum is very wide, very, very wide. There will be people who are very medicalized on how they deal with it and then there will be people who are very woo and then there's everything in between and I don't judge anyone on how they need to negotiate or find their way through with this but I will say that the forums and support groups that pop up on social media should be given well handled with care because they're very quick to turn into quite toxic environments and I mean that through mindset as well as information everybody on the internet has got an opinion um, and I think it's really wise to remember that and so when someone reaches out to me wondering you know how I have achieved what I've achieved, how long did it take me, how have I done it, you know, I get bombarded with a million questions because your mind is racing, right, like as soon as you get told you've got endometriosis, it's like I bloody knew it, you have a generally a really massive cry, um, it feels peaceful 
and then the storm starts to erupt and you need to start researching and then you'll be researching about diet and about herbs maybe or medication or surgery or what your hormones do this that the you know like I say there is a lot of information out there and it becomes overwhelming and to start with you become quite obsessed with doing it it's like you just have to feed this like monster you've released inside yourself you're like I have to feed or I need to know everything just like sucking in all of the information that you can find and then you can be left in this place where you're like great so all I can eat is fresh air kale and I must use celery every two seconds and I can't you know, drink and I I can't eat chocolate (laughs) and I can't eat bread and I can't do the things that I love to do. And it can just look like this massive list of can'ts and that my life is over, that I'm never going to live the same way again. And that is, that's a really shit place to land yourself in, right? So it's a complete and utter roller coaster. A lot of people land in my inbox like this early doors, like I say, having just been diagnosed with endometriosis. And as it stands, a laparoscopy is the only way at the moment that you can get a um, diagnosis, which is ridiculous and so invasive. Um, I know there'll be some of you out there that have had it detected in other ways, um, which again makes it so infuriating that the gold standard is a lap because there are other ways of of doing so Uh, but after you've had any kind of surgery but after you've had a lap you're feeling really like exposed surgery is an invasion of your body it's you've had anesthetic you've had drugs you you need to heal okay and the very last thing a healing body needs is loads and loads of homework you need to rest, you need to sleep, you need to nurture yourself with good food um, and yeah, heal, okay? And you think that that's an easy thing to do. Oh my God, no, it's very difficult for people to accept that. It was really difficult for me. (laughs) So I speak from experience here when I say resting is a really important job and it's something that we need to take seriously, okay? I would stress that point enough. Then once the, maybe you've reached out to someone or you're feeling a little bit better and back on your feet, that's when you can start to sort of eke out into the world and tentatively reach out, take some steps, do some reading. Um, and see how you want to go with stuff. My worldview, having been a nurse and now a hormonal herbalist, alternative therapist, my worldview is start lightly and increase, okay? So when I had my diagnosis, I absolutely could have started with hormones and I could have had 
a hysterectomy because they, they were my options, okay? When I didn't have the, the hormones, it was like, well, then you're going to need to have a hysterectomy. Um, I could have started there, but it leaves me much less wiggle room with the trajectory of my health, okay? So I decided to take matters into my own hands and start to look at how I could change things up in my own life. That wasn't greeted with any kind of support from my consultant. Um, and I knew that would be the case. It's really important to have that it's not confidence, it's almost just a a knowing to trust your inner like instincts, basically. Because I know I can go back there if I need to, right? But I also know that if I start there, I don't have much room and I have certainly set my path. A lot of people ask me how long it's taken me to get where I am. How long has it taken me to be in a place of remission and or healed, however you like to look at it? And I can't really answer that because... One, I don't want to put any time frames in anyone's head, so I wouldn't. Having worked as a doula and in the birth world for a long time, I know the power of that situation. If a pregnant woman says to me, how long is the average birth and you were to give her a number, that is exactly what she would be working off, or her partner. <laughs> and this puts a lot of undue stress on yourself and, you know, even if you're not thinking of it consciously, you'll be thinking of it subconsciously. The goal and the intention and the aim when I work with women is to find the balance. It's to find what works for you because everybody is different and every bodies are different, okay? So what works for me might not work for you, but something else that didn't work for me will. And that is the beauty of taking this route. It's, it's undoing a lot of patterns, a lot of patriarchal and societal social norms and rules that we are living by and putting you in charge, putting you in the driving seat. It's stopping the kind of white coat syndrome that a lot of us can be tortured with basically, because we think like, well, they all must know best. Nobody knows best. Only you know best. Only you know your body. Okay. When I nursed, people would refuse doing things all the time. And that they were the, the patients who were the biggest learning curves for me. Because I'm like, yes, of course, you don't want to have to do things just because I'm saying you have to you know? And it made me more compassionate. It made me realise that just because the system said that this was the time that you had a wash, or this was the time you got out of bed, or this was the time you had to take your tablets. But if you didn't want to, you didn't have to. As long as you did it at some point. And you know what, even if you missed it, so bad. Like, no one, I don't shower every day. So 
why is it that we feel so obligated to follow these kind of like arbitrary systems that are in place? I responded then to my clients with their needs. Of course, they were all offered the same. Of course, everyone like was offered a cup of tea when I went round with the tea trolley. Of course, you know, we went around with all the medicines and most people took them at the right time or at the time that was suited them. But I became a better nurse because of that. And that is one of the things that I embrace now. And I'll level with you is why I had to step away fully from nursing because I couldn't continue to work in an environment that felt so suffocating to me. I remember working, I used to work with um, people who had cystic fibrosis and I remember one of the patients saying to me, I remember when you, and that wasn't just to me, but it was to all of the collective nurses, used to be able to spend time with us and sit with us and watch a bit of TV. And that was like a dagger into my heart because I realised that we weren't doing that. We weren't able to do that. We didn't have the time. And those little pockets of things, they are really, really important. They are as important as getting the meds out on time. They are as important as having a shower. They are as important as laughing, as breathing, you know? Like those things are vital. And that's why I couldn't work in that environment anymore. And that's why I work in a way that is, oh my God, so much healthier for me, but also healthier for my clients because we're able to work at their own like pace in a way that works for them. And we, are, we have a mutual understanding. We have trust. We have a, a space that is open and yeah, wonderful. And there is no, you have to do this or you have to do that. I will give you all of the direction and it's up to you how much you run with it. And there will be some that will run with it more than others. And that's not to say, you know, that's about blame or anything else. It's life is life is life, right? And we all do the best that we can do with what we've got. And we can't operate on 100% all of the time, especially being cyclical. We absolutely can't. You know, we have like 100% for a, a few days and then we're, we're working our way back around again. So it's nonsensical to even think to work that way. So women come to me from a place that is very structured, very patriarchal, very traumatic, and they arrive in a place that is completely the opposite. They arrive with someone who's like, hey, how are you? Just take your time. Who's not like jumping in there to fix things. It's like, well, let's talk about this. Let's see where this sits with you. How How is this feeling? What's going on? Because I could easily just go, just take that, just do this. But I know I wouldn't, and I know that you wouldn't, 
if you don't feel you're able to or you don't feel you have the time to. So we have to figure stuff out on how we can best incorporate this into your life so that it doesn't disrupt it, you know, horrifically. We all want to have ease. I am the biggest ease freak there ever once was. If things aren't easy to me, I tend to think, fuck it, I ain't doing it. So I take that theory with me when I'm working with you. So if you're at a place where you've just been diagnosed or you have been for a little while, know that you have time, okay? You absolutely have time. I'm here always. You can always book in for a discovery call. You can always join my Facebook group, Red, and come and see how I work. Come and see if it is a place that could be beneficial for you. But I'm not the kind of therapist or nurse that is going to make you do anything you don't want to do. I'm not disillusional with my beliefs about health. I'm actually really clued up on both sides. And I just think when we've been in a system for so long that has told us that there is nothing wrong with us, sent us away with painkillers, with hormones, without listening to our cries for help. I think you are worth more than staying in that system. I think you are worth investigating, caring for compassionately and having a space that you can really let everything hang out, you can really understand what is going on so that you're better informed, so you can make the right decisions for yourself. Because nothing in life is static, okay? What's right now might not be next year. Especially, I mean, if 2020 has taught us anything, it is that, that we have to be adaptable, that we have to be able to be ready to change. And that's basically what a diagnosis is. It comes in and it whips the rug right out from underneath your feet and it makes you fall flat on your face. And then we have to find our way through that. I wish I had had somebody like myself to help me through the very confusing, sometimes dark and lonely paths to find the best way for my health. I had to do the majority of this on my own, from my own skills, my own background, and my own research. You have the opportunity to benefit from all the years of my experience, to fast track yourself to a place where it would have taken me a hell of a lot longer. And it's not about speed or time in doing that, it's about just having the right information and having it condensed and having it presented to you in a way that's really easy to digest and isn't going to constantly make you feel bad. I see a lot of alternative therapists out there saying, if you don't believe in me, then you're stupid. But, but I don't believe in that. Like in the comedy terms, that is punching down. That isn't funny. And I feel like medicine can be a lot like that too. Well, if you don't take my advice, then you're stupid. 
my consultant said the same thing. You know, she laughed at me and she just went, well, I've heard yoga's quite good. Really condescending. That doesn't help. That doesn't help our cause. It doesn't help your mindset. It doesn't help your chemistry and biology. It, it doesn't help anything. So you won't find that there. You'll find banter and you will find laughter, <laughs> but there will be no punching down. Um, only lifting you up and finding the place that works for you and finding your balance. So I hope that's helped because, again, it's often things that aren't talked about that when we listen to them, you think, oh, God, yeah, I felt exactly like that. Well, at least I know I wasn't going mad, that I'm normal, whatever the frick that is. But it also just reassures us that we aren't on our own. And in times like this, I think these are these connections are even more important. So stay safe. And if you want any help with anything further, then you can find me on the grid on Instagram and you can find me on Facebook or you can drop me an email. Big love. You've got this. You're way more resilient than you ever could have dreamed of. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved it, feel free to leave a comment and give us a follow. You can find more information on my website, thewellwomanproject.com, or come find me on the grid on Insta or on my Facebook page. You can also drop me an email, gemma at thewellwomanproject.com. Any information we've shared today will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Big love, Gem. <laughs>